Thank you, ma'am. All righty. Happy Easter, everybody. All right, that was a great response. All right, check, check. That was in the script. Really, it's a great day. Again, I said earlier that Easter, we, we signify Easter as uh, Christ was risen from the dead, but for Christians, it's every day for us. But it's a special day, and we believe in God's going to give some rain today, too, right after service. Um, we're going to have all the drought be broken. But really, I'm really excited today to talk about Easter, the message about Jesus Christ. And when I get started, it's something I remember uh, growing up when I played sports, basketball, football. The coaches seemed like they had the same line all the time. They would say this. If you don't pay attention now, you'll pay for it later. Pay attention now, and it will pay off later. And they always said that. If you don't pay attention now, you'll wind up paying for it later. If you pay attention now, it will pay off later. And they were handing out a choice in our conditioning, in our training. And what I want to talk about today is choices. One of the most powerful things on the planet that God has blessed us all with is the power of choice. If you've been in this church long enough, you hear me say every decision we make, every choice we make is a spiritual decision or a choice. And what I call eternal choices. Eternal choices. And one thing about love in scriptures, it gives you what God says and it gives you the opportunity to, the, to believe it or just discard it. And they will give us the playbook. We can go ahead and study the playbook or we can just do away with the playbook. But either way, there was going to be a consequence for what we've done. And what we're going to talk about today is eternal choices. And what I want to do, I'm going to take you to the book of John, chapter 3. We know this scripture is one that every Christian you talked about, God, for God so loved the world. But I want to give you a backdrop on it. This is the story about Nicodemus. He's one of the leaders of the Jews coming at night to ask Jesus about life and about his message. He was afraid to come in the daytime because he was afraid if, they, if the Pharisees or the Sanhedrin found him out, they would throw him out. But he was curious about Christ and he wanted to know the message he was preaching. And Jesus just ran it down to him. It was amazing. He explained the gospel to him. The good, everyone said good news. And he went, and this is the one we always look at, John 3, 16, verses um, 16 through 18. And it really signifies three things, God's love, his mercy, and his grace. Let's start to read together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that who forever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned, and this is the word that we miss all the time, already. Condemned already, which signifies as the conditions that we have to make. There's a choice to make from death to life. Already. Keep that in your, um, in your heart. 
because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. One thing I remember as a supervisor, supervising people, you get a new employee in, and you give them the direction of a company or, the, or the, uh, of your office, and you'll give them some um, expectations, and you'll tell them exactly where they are. And in a year from now, you give them the evaluation. And they have a whole year to meet those expectations. And if they didn't meet the expectations, those who did not make the expectations seem to blame the supervisor. But really, when you read this scripture, Jesus is laying out a choice of believing him or not believing him. And it says here that men write their own judgment because he gives us a choice. He gives us a choice. Believe, you'll live. Don't believe, condemn. The choice is yours. And you have grace because it didn't happen right away. Growing up, we didn't have much grace. Had a lot of truth, but not grace. When your mother told you to do something, you didn't have time to say yes or no or think about it. You did it right away. If you turned your head, something's coming your way because I want it done now. It wasn't about truth. It wasn't about choice or grace. You look up a couple words here. The word perish means to destroy, to abolish, to put to an end, to kill. And it's actually a metaphor to say, I give you, you'll, go, you'll be given over to torment and hell. Eternity goes either way. Eternity with God or eternity without God. The choice is ours. Max Licato has a great quote. He says, God gives eternal choices, and these choices have eternal consequences. So depending on the choices that we make, we'll have a consequence at the end of it. And I love the way, again, God's grace gives us a choice, does not make us do anything. He gives us the power of choice, which gives you a revelation of the world that we live in today. He will get blamed for a lot of things that go wrong, but he gave us the power of choice as uh, mankind. And those choices have consequences. And it can happen privately, and it can happen corporately, but it's really on us. In Deuteronomy 28, I think it's 20, uh, 18, I can't remember, he tells the, um, the Israelites, choose life or choose death. The choice is yours. The difference between perishing and living and condemnation and salvation is faith in Jesus Christ. The one way, the only way is Jesus Christ. When he talks about condemned already, the world we live in today is not the world that God set up in the garden. The world that we have right now, we inherited, is from Adam. When Adam sinned, we have a sin nature. And you'll say, I don't believe that. I'm a good person. If you had a child and their very first words was, yes, I will 
changed my mind. But usually the very first word from a child is, no. Who taught them that word? It's the nature. We inherit the nature. You can thank Adam. You say, Eve ate. No, Adam should have punched the serpent in the head. So we inherit that. So it's condemned already. So we make a choice to go from death to life. Because you got to remember, Jesus did not deny death. He did not defy death. Jesus destroyed death. That's the power of the resurrection. That which we fear the most, Jesus has conquered that. That's why it's so significant today. Now, when you look at this scripture, there's three things I see. I just hit on one, our condition, God's solution, and then our response. Now, I'm going to talk about good news this morning. But in order to know that it's good news, you have to know the bad first. Or you will not really appreciate the good. Our condition, that is not good news. Where we are, where we were with Christ, prior to Christ. Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, or his ear dull, that it cannot hear. But, our, but your iniquities, which is sins, have made a separation between you and your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear you. So scripture, there's a place in, in um, Genesis chapter, I believe it's 18, when uh, Jesus came down with two angels to go destroy Simon and Gomorrah. And they ran to Abraham, and Abraham ble- uh, worshipped them and blessed them and sent them on their way. It says the three came down, but it said the two went in because, see, God cannot look upon sin. That's as we see on the cross when Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's because at the moment that all the sins of the earth came on Jesus, God had to turn his back. Because he cannot associate with it. Because God is holy and we weren't. It's a moral thing, the separation. Romans 3.23, we know no one escapes it because you can't say, I'm a good person. I haven't killed anybody. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. See, God declared all men guilty so that he may offer to all men free gift, the free gift of salvation. How many love Christmas? How many would get a great gift and just leave it for 10 years and not open it? And you try to live 10 years and just put the gifts in the way, you just put it in the garage. I think some of us have those gifts, the ones you were going to mail to your relatives that you never mailed. I know. (laughs) Free gift. And you struggle. But you don't know this gift is everything you need to keep you from struggling. And you say, oh, 
there's a gift I forgot to open up. That's the gift with salvation. 20 years I've been in bondage. The gift of salvation brings, makes you free. I was a slave to sin. Now I'm a slave to freedom. The gift, free gift, doesn't cost us anything, but it costs God everything. That's how valuable you truly are. All, all have sinned and fall short. And that means, the word really means in the Greek, you missed the mark. Romans 6.23 says this, there's an end of sin. It's called death. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. Christ Jesus our Lord. Eternal life means this, everlasting. Never ends. One of the things that mankind walks around with today is where am I going to go when this body gives up? What's going to happen next? There's two eternities. God gives us a choice. It's a free gift. But you know the wages of sin, it always ends in death. And you're saying, I don't, I don't see that. Well, I was just looking in the news the other day. Abilene, ladies walking down the street on South First. A car just loses control, runs them over, runs into a wall. Death came very quickly. They didn't know it. It was going to happen just like that. I read the paper about Flight 370, that someone decided to just take a jet and fly it into the water. See, sin doesn't like to be alone. It's death. It's already dead. So if I'm already dead, let me take a few people with me. Go to a shopping mall. Who wants to take out a gun and shoot somebody? Why would you do that? Look at our schools. Someone takes out a knife. This is reality. You can't say the gospel is that was old news. That's the only news left. That's reality. You can't say, well, they have psychological. Yes, they have, but that's sin. Everything that's not right in this world, guys, all has a cord attached called S-I-N, sin. Everything. Because you got to think about the garden before the fall. There was no racism. There wasn't hatred. They didn't even know they had clothes on. Definitely would have saved the money. (laughs) So all, and we're all, were born into this world. So we can't say, I'm a good person. It's great, but it's not written in the Bible. And everyone said, I need some good news. God's solution, Romans 5, 8. But God showed his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The gospel, which is good news, begins with God's unconditional love. 
I want you to have a revelation of that because it says when who always believe in God, not in your head, but in your heart. When you know how much you're truly loved in the vertical, you know how much you can, you can appreciate life in a horizontal. When your vertical relationship with God is secure, you're a secure person in all your choices and everything that you do. Those who are insecure in God live an insecure life because here's the problem. We try to fill things versus God in our lives. If I get a better job, I'll be happy. If I have a better title, I'll be happy. If I have the great relationship, he is just so awesome. Doesn't know God. He's not awesome. She doesn't know God. She's not awesome. And we feel that. And how long does it go? Until whatever man puts together falls down. But we cannot blame God for that. Can't blame God for that. I remember when we got hit by lightning two years ago, April 11th. I called the warranty company while my garage door opened, remember? They said, we don't cover acts of God. (laughs) But you don't believe in God. (laughs) But you... Cover, you don't cover acts. It's in, it's in the contract. I'm telling you, it's in your, it's some of you have warranties. They don't cover acts of God. Because he blames, gets blamed for everything. Every bad relationship, everything that happened, he gets blamed for it. God, why didn't you? God, why didn't your church do that? No, 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 no. You were, I was not there in the beginning. So I am not responsible for the end. Think about it. Yeah, act of God. He gets blamed. So I started, we ought to lead him to Jesus before you fix my garage door. And the guy called me back. We're sorry, we have problems with that employee all the time. Thank you, because our acts of God, which we went and found in there, we went and looked at our warranties. It's in the warranty. God gets blamed for lightning. God, this is what Billy Graham says. God proved his love on the cross when Christ hung and bled and died. It was God saying to the world, I love you. It's Billy Graham. When he hung, he bled and he died. He was saying, mankind, I love you, even if you don't love me back. That is a revelation of love that is hard to comprehend in the natural. It can only be received in the in spiritual. And once you know your life is so secure in God, it doesn't matter who walks out. It doesn't matter what goes on in your life. You know you have the relationship that will never fail, that never gets old, that will never walk out or never turn its back. And that's God himself who will complete every need that you have in you to make you whole, not needy. See, the devil makes you needy. God makes you whole. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, For whose sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of of God. Remember I tell you, every step Christ took meant I love you. 
He became sin for us so I can be in right standing with righteousness, right standing, right relationship with God. And I remember what it was like without the right relationship with God. Life was just tough. Life was just hard. Even if I'm having hard times in Christ, it, was, it does not even, even fathom what it was without him. Because you have no hope, you have no peace, you have no security, and, and you're walking around as a, a human time bomb, experimenting with life, thinking this is going to make me happy. Hope I tr- let me try this. Let me try that. And nothing, 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 nothing. Then it became 30 years old. Then the something came that secured me. And that's what it is, walking with that love, the vertical. That's why the cross has two beams, vertical and horizontal. Depending on your love, vertical relationship takes care of all your horizontal relationships. Every marriage that's falling apart or seem like it's falling apart, it's all this. We don't need to, we don't need to go after all the symptoms here. It's just here. Because when we both know how to love like Jesus, we'll love each other supremely. And we won't give you techniques. Go get a couple baskets. Go get this every month. Go get that. Those are techniques. We need the real fix. Amen. Every relationship, we can't get along with one another. Because when you really, truly, truly love God, you'll love the people and things of God. Amen. See, we don't, when we talk about spiritual family in the church, you can't connect here. It's nothing new with us. We're all different. Are we perfect? No, but I know who is. Who will, give you the, who will give you the grace to walk with other people. But you can't live by yourself and you can't blame everyone's a hypocrite. Of course we are. Any given day. Any given day. And you can't get at the end of your day, God, I didn't walk with that church because they're hypocrites. He's going to let a hypocrite stop you from experiencing me? They have a lot of power, don't they? Growing up, that's the worst being I ever got. Johnny did it. Are you Johnny? You're going to wish you're Johnny. <laughs> Every step Christ took says, I love you. That's how valuable people are. And you didn't have to work for it. It's like our children. Do they work hard for us to love them? Some parents say, oh, no. Same thing as a father. He's always pr- he loves you, and he's always proud of you. His love never ends. It's unconditional, and he asks for you to believe in him. And that's the greatest prescription you can have. One-stop shop. That was God's plan. It was his love that started. This is his solution. Except me. I've done all the work. I want you to believe in me. So you're not condemned already. A lot of us try to work our way to God. You can't because you're already in a negative spot. Your your condition is negative. (laughs) You can't work yourself into a positive. You were born in negative. And a lot, of, you know, a lot of pastors say, that's kind of harsh. No, it's not. It's the truth. I'm glad I have a choice. I'm glad the Old Testament, when I read it, they tell a guy 150 years prior, if you guys don't get it right, 
God's going to destroy your nation. You got 150 years to get it right. You're talking about grace? The choice? And if you don't, I'll send another guy to tell you the same thing, the same thing, the same thing. Because the whole book of the Bible is about redemption. He wants us to win. He wants us to come to him. He wants us to be in his kingdom. He puts it all out there. He makes it easy for us because none of us got to go on the cross and die. I just learned about one of our pastors in Nigeria. One of our um, pastors went there the other day. It says, house is surrounded with barbed wire and guns and, and rifles. Why? He said, because that nation is where um, Islam and Christianity is crashing. And they're not threatening to kill him. They're trying to kill him. He's living his life with Jesus, sharing it. That's the closest I've seen to us really sacrificing our life in America. Our response, Romans 10, 9 and 10. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your what? Heart, not your mind. That God raised him from the dead, you will be saved for the heart One believes and is justified, which is not guilty. With the mouth one confesses, is saved. The word saved means to preserve one who's in danger of destruction, to rescue. Salvation is a rescue. And I grew up and I said, man, God was rescuing me from myself. To rescue. And God's way of salvation always has been by grace through faith, which is Ephesians 2. Eight and nine. For by grace you have been saved through faith. By grace. And this is not your own doing. Can't take, I can't take ownership of it. It is a gift of God. Everything we get from God is a gift. Now, here's the thing about grace. Sometimes we think we can do whatever we want with grace. And that's not the case. I got me, you know, I hear this before when you're witnessing the people. Me and the, guy, me and the man upstairs got something going on. Really? Really? Have you read the contract? (laughs) It's not fine print. It is perfectly put out there. It says he's coming back. And the sin issue, that's past tense. Give me that scripture, sir. Hebrews 9, 20. Hebrews 9, 28. So Christ, having been offered once, bear the sins of many, will appear what? Not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Those who are eagerly, eagerly waiting for him. He's not talking about sitting down waiting for, I can't wait for judgment. I can't wait for God to just get those people because they deserve it. Eagerly means we're active. Taking good news and giving it to other people. Because we love other people so much. Because God loves other people. Eagerly waiting for him. That means, do you think we have time? We don't have time. You can go home and read the newspaper. Do you think we have a lot of time? We don't have that much time. We found that, I found this out. It hit me like a ton of bricks when we were coming back in December from California, me and Donna and I. And we were in Arizona, and about 20 miles out, they had some great signs to tell you that there was an accident, so the traffic might be stopped. And it was miles out. 
And I think it took about an hour and a half, 100 miles out. It took us about two hours to get there. We figured two hours, accidents got to be cleared up. Now we got in the, in the left, in the right lane, and we saw a car that flipped. This is three days after Thanksgiving. A car that flipped, and a body underneath the sheet. The reason why it took all that, that much time, because they had to find somebody to identify the body before they move it. It's about three hours. I said, this man's by himself the third day after Thanksgiving. He's laying here. I bet you he thought he had time. I don't know his spiritual condition. We won't think we have time. We don't have as much time as we think. That's why we can't take time to linger on things. You know, when Jesus was dying on the cross, you know one of his greatest words he ever said? Lord, forgive him so he may be free when he goes. He didn't have time. It's like us, when we walk around offended and that people and what they've done to me, and we need to drop that. You don't have time because really, it's like drinking poison and you're hoping they die. You're the one that's sick. They don't even know they did it. They're just being people, imperfect, trying to follow our Lord and Savior. There was a man, at the, um, there was two guys in Luke chapter 23. Jesus was hanging on the cross. Jesus was in the middle. Two criminals who deserved to be there. One criminal who was hanged hang, railed at him, saying, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. Isn't that kind of selfish? Mankind. The other rebuked him, saying, do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? They were going to die for their wrongs. We indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. I'm so happy I'm not, I didn't get the due reward. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now, at that time, Jesus is, is hurting. But he loved this man enough to say this. And he said to him, truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. He loved him enough to save him. And he loved the other man just as much to honor his decision. So one went to paradise and the other one didn't. Like when he comes back the second time, those who are in the grave will rise if they know Jesus. And we have an enemy of our soul say, I got time. I'm not going to do this. He wants to hold you. But when Jesus died on the cross, whatever hold you think he had on you, it was broken and destroyed. When we had the opportunity to go to Cincinnati, I got exposed to a thing called a God test. And it was two questions that rocked everyone I asked because it rocked me when I had to figure out some things myself. It's question seven. Do you believe that you'll go to heaven? Folks, maybe. Second one is, why or why not? The answers I got were this. I try to do good things. I do, you know, I try to help people. 
I'm a good person. I don't curse. I don't steal. I, don't, I didn't kill anybody. You know what they were talking about? The law of God. Not the love of God. See, Nicodemus, when he came to see Jesus, he knew the law. He knew the do's and don'ts. But he didn't know the relationship. So at the end of the day, do you have the relationship or you have the law? I'm a good person. Hey, I the problem is I cannot find it anywhere in the Bible in the good news about good people make it. I hear people who are born again make it. Not about being good. In fact, good works don't come into it until you give your life to Jesus. Then you can do good works. Right now you're just doing works, trying to work our way in. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I mean, what the perfect day. I ask you that question. Are you going to heaven? And here's the answer. You need to answer. If it's not because of Jesus, and it's because I do a lot of good things, your relationship's out of alignment. You know of God. You might have known what the God that your mother and father told you about. The do's and don'ts, but not the relationship. And that's what the whole thing was, a relationship, that someone died enough, cared enough for me. Doesn't matter your condition. Doesn't matter your, your social economic standing. He saw a person that was worth dying for, who was worth to be saved and come into the kingdom of God. That's your, what's your answer? Think about it. If you can't answer those questions. You're not even sure. It's okay. We want to make sure you're right when you leave here. Because no one knows what tomorrow holds. You have never experienced the relationship of Jesus. And you want to today without anyone looking. Just slip up your hand. I just want to see. Anybody want to give my life to Jesus? Thank you. Anyone else? Sure day. Said so today I'll be with you'll be with him in paradise. Who else? Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? This is your time. Thank you. Why don't we all stand? Those who raise their hand, there are people in the back who want to talk to you about your decision. Can we get a lot of hand clap for those who made a decision? No one knows but you and God and the person who's going to minister to you. Those who are eagerly waiting for Christ, I pray this message ignites you because every time I get to speak about this message, it shows me how selfish I can be, that I will not take time to give someone the good news that I have inside of me because it's not convenient. And I'm learning as I get older, God's never convenient. Every time he wants you to do something, that's when you're broken down, you're tired. And and then why? Because he wants him to do it, not you. So if you're looking for convenience, it's never going to happen. It's the good news. So I'm going to close in prayer. In prayer. And those who made that decision, just there are people on the back wall. Just go up to them or they'll come up to you. 
your guests this morning, I want to thank you. We're giving you a free gift as you take your card, go out to the door. I want to say thank you so much for coming out today. I know there's a lot of places you could have gone, but you came here today. And we just want to bless you with a gift because we, our Savior has given us the free gift of life, and we want, to, we want to share that. And let's pray. Father, I thank you this, this morning, God. Thank you for new life, Father. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you, this is the day of all days. Thank you for those who gave, made the decision. I thank you for those who are here eagerly waiting your return and have a new ignite, ignition in their heart about sharing the good news because it is good news. You died, you are risen, and now we have life in abundance. And we thank you for that. Bless everyone here in the comings and going this week. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. You are dismissed. <laughs>